Strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Raid. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up! Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! No NFL mandated four-day Labor Day weekend for the Big Red Rage. The original Thursday night football is on the air. Ron Wolfley, fresh off a Phoenix to Phoenix round-trip flight. Oh, my goodness. Is here with us in the words of a former head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Don't be the guy, including me. That's why we keep our nose to the grindstone. We're working here. It's going to be a working weekend <laughs> as the Arizona Cardinals get ready for week one of the regular season. Next weekend in a road trip to Tennessee, Ron Wolfley, Paul Calvisi. Here we are on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. So, Paulie, you're talking about what? The four-day weekend coming up here? Is that what you're saying? The big four-day? Is that what you get? You get four days off, no, no, Paulie? No, no. Not me. Not me. Not it, you. If okay. you're in that locker room, you do oh, by NFL mandate Thursday through Sunday as part of this year's 17-game regular season schedule. Boom, it's like a mini-buy before things even get rolling in the regular season. Okay, listen, Paulie, are you over the turnaround flight, the U-flight that we made right there? The big U-turn, the U-flight. Just beyond from, Waco. Are you over that right now, Paul? It was beyond Waco. It was in between Waco and Houston, the U-turn occurred. And you know what? <laughs> For obvious reasons... It's understandable, and it was 100% the correct call. Yes. But being an hour out of New Orleans, uh, the Hurricane Ida notwithstanding, if it would have just been play the game or not play the game, if there weren't any consequences or any ramifications on any front, yeah, I would have just rather gone in at that point an hour away. I got my flip sheet over here and the board and the whole thing. Let's call the game. Me and yeah. Rob Fredrickson, we were going to tear it up. Well, at least we could have landed, Polly, and maybe had dinner. A <laughs> little right. gumbo there in New That's Orleans. Right. That would have been real nice. Yeah, so uh, start making your plans for Nashville as uh, <laughs> as they go in to take on the Titans. Once again, the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Zach Allen will join us nice. right around the corner. Man, how deep are the Cardinals on that defensive line? Right? Really loving it, Bully. That defensive line, when you look at it, it's one of the anomalies. One of the things that I had that was a takeaway to have seven defensive linemen. Listen, um, I realize seven defensive linemen back when I was actually playing in 1985, that was common, seven defensive linemen. But now in today's NFL, so much of the time, Paulie, a defense is in nickel. They're in nickel defense where you have two defensive linemen for the most part, and then you've got edge guys, guys who are designated as edge players. Sometimes it could be a J.J. Watt. Sometimes it could be more of a Marcus Golden and a Chandler Jones on the edge, right? So it's interesting when you are in nickel so much of the time where you're typically only running two defensive linemen out there 
with the Cardinals and J.J., it might be three. But the fact they kept seven defensive linemen, that was an anomaly that was interesting to me, and it points to Michael Dogby and the kind of camp he had. Yeah, he would have been signed immediately if he would have been caught. That's the kind of player he has turned into. There's no doubt about that. And there are a lot of strange happenings right now on rosters around the NFL. For example, the Tennessee Titans have 13 DBs on their final 53 right now. (laughs) I've heard of 10 DBs. 10 DBs, 13? Whereas the Cardinals are minus the guy they thought was going to be CB1 when training camp started. We got the news, okay? You got the final 53, you got the practice squad, and then you got one member of the reserve slash retired list, and that is Malcolm Butler. And that was a surprise to virtually everybody. I think even the decision makers. Yeah, no, I on think this so, Holly. In fact, uh, here's Cliff Kingsbury, and uh, we're, we'll get into Butler a little bit. But Marco Wilson seems to be the guy, and it, is he ready as a fourth round rookie? No question. Yeah, he, he's played at the highest level when you're talking about college football. Tried to cover all those, you know, top receivers that come out every year, whether it's Bama, LSU, Georgia. Um, so he, the, the moment's not too big for him. Here's the question: Did Malcolm Butler lose his job to Marco Wilson? Yeah. And was that part of the cause and effect of Malcolm Butler now on the retired list? Paulie, it's so you know what I'm piecing a lot of pieces of information like everybody else together right now. I really don't know what to say about this other than the fact that Malcolm Butler scrubbed his social media accounts of any affiliation whatsoever with the Arizona Cardinals. Now, Polly, when that happens, it's been our experience. <laughs> There's been something bad that transpired, and I think Malcolm Butler, for whatever reason, he's upset with the team. I don't know what that reason might be. But after talking to some coaches, and I'm talking about before any of this happened, talking to some coaches, they looked me in the eye, Paulie, and said, you know what, Marco Wilson might be the best corner we have on this team. And they Mm. were happy with Mm. their cornerback room, talking about being very happy with their cornerback room. So when I put all that together, I'm wondering, is there a possibility that the coaches eventually, and this is just pure speculation, Looked at Marco Wilson and said, "You know what? You're 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 going to start." And if that happened, maybe yeah. Malcolm Butler got upset. I don't know. Pure speculation. It, it could be. I mean, think about it. If he's on a three plus million dollar deal with incentives that could make it up to six million, but now he's going to get, not get nearly the playing time or reps to earn those incentives, maybe that's how he became disgruntled. Maybe I, you don't know. Maybe it's strictly a business decision because it verifies and validates what you just said and some of the feedback you got from some of the coaches based on the eyeball test just being out there the top two corners in camp in camp byron murphy well, and marco wilson think about that there's no doubt right about there. it. young guys like that byron murphy going in to his third season right now right and marco wilson is rookie year we all know listen marco wilson's got the size he's got the ability he should have been drafted a lot higher if he wouldn't have shown, uh, thrown a shoe think about it google that right there marco wilson throwing a shoe if he wouldn't have he probably would have been taken higher here's a guy with all of this talent now and he's got experience 
experience against SEC wide receivers, and you know how good the SEC is when it comes to the skill positions. I mean, four years of experience. He started as a true freshman. He comes from a cornerback family. His dad coaches corners for a living. So this isn't Brandon <laughs> Williams all over again. It isn't. Okay, Brandon Williams had one right. year of playing the position and was a but converted running back. So it's not. Here's the thing. If you're Malcolm Butler, is your response to the coaches, wait a minute, man, I've been in this league for a decade. I'm in my 30s. I was pacing myself in camp. I wasn't competing, and I wasn't at my best. I was trying to make sure I was at my best for week one against my former team, the Titans, and maybe that's part of what his beef might have been. That's just a thought. That's just me thinking out loud. about the Tennessee Titans, but... Uh, I will say right now that Malcolm Butler, by reputation, is a guy that wasn't a practice guy. He didn't have that reputation of showing up and being this big-time – he had a reputation of being a gamer, Paul. And and he's a guy who, against Tennessee, you figured would be really valuable. Not just because he would have been your top three corners, but he really knows that offense, obviously. So I don't know if they were able to download some information on Tennessee before Malcolm Butler went on the retired list, but that's all part of the the formula at this point. Here's part of the information you need to know right now. The Tennessee Titans are going to line up in 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends. They're going to have A.J. Brown on the field with Julio Jones at the wide receiver position and King Henry. That's right, Derrick Henry, of course. His toes are going to be at seven yards, Paul. They're going to put a tight end on either side of the ball, and then those two wide receivers, of course, and then here it comes. Check with me. Let's take a look at your defensive front. We'll figure out which way we want to run Derrick Henry in between the tackles right there. That is what they're going to do. Now, that brings up a very interesting um, uh, this interesting point, I would say, for the Arizona Cardinals. What two cornerbacks are going to be on the field when that happens on the very first offensive play for the Tennessee Titans? What two corners will be on the field when the Titans come out in 12 personnel, and that's what I think they're going to do with those two tight ends and two wide receivers? What two corners will be on the field? Is it going to be Byron Murphy? And Marco Wilson, or is it going to be Byron Murphy and Robert Alford? Here's the thing. Byron Murphy, I would think you'd like to keep inside. That's where he plays best. But right now, considering the absence of Malcolm Butler, he's probably your best outside corner. We'll see about the status of Robert Alford. They expect him to come off the COVID list next week. Uh, Hey, Tennessee's dealing with a lot of COVID issues. They had a dozen guys and coaches on that list. Now, Mike Vrabel just came off the list. He's back in the facility. But Ryan Tannehill is still on the COVID list. Their starting center is still on the COVID list. So, uh, and by the way, Tannehill, neither Tannehill nor Derrick Henry nor Julio Jones nor A.J. Brown played a single snap in the preseason. Yes, yes. Here's the one thing we can say with certitude, though, Paulie. Um, To me, from a talent perspective, the Arizona Cardinals are a better defense and a better team with Malcolm Butler inside that cornerback room. That's all I'm going to say. Listen, you can only control what you can control. But the fact of the matter is they were a better team, in my opinion, with Malcolm Butler. And now they've got to worry about depth at that corner room. Hey, episode five of the Dave Pash podcast featuring ESPN Monday Night Football announcer Steve Levy and Brian Greasy is available now wherever you get your podcasts for all the latest updates on the Dave Pash podcast. Follow along on Twitter at Pash Pod. All right, Zach Allen, fresh off the practice field. 
going to join us on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Zach Allen is there for the Cardinals to make the play. Zach Allen stopped that play. Jones backs up, throwing from his two, and the ball is tipped at the line and incomplete. I think Zach Allen got a hand on it. Shotgun formation here for Hertz. Takes the snap, drops back the pass, facing pressure in trouble, and sacked back at the 32-yard line by Zach Allen. An enormous play made by Allen and a loss of 14. Boy, that is a huge momentum play right there by Zach Allen. The Eagles got it going. They're trying to set up a screen to the left of Jalen Hurts. And Zach Allen got to him before he could throw the screen. That is an awesome job. Was that one game against Philly, or was that one month worth of production? I mean, that was quite a game. In fact, here's the stat. I went and found this. The first Cardinals defensive lineman to record at least 11 tackles in a game since Calais Campbell 2015. You like the sounds of that? You like the sounds of the fact. Here we go. I'm going to continue with the knowledge right here. Zach, okay, grab a, a, a grab a little bit of water there off the practice field as we talk about that game because there were 11 tackles, six solo, one and a half tackles for a loss, a QB hit, a pass defense, and you joined Willie McGinnis as the only guy in the last two decades, defensive lineman to ever have 11 tackles, a sack, and a pass defense in a game. What went really well in that game that you can bottle up going forward, you think, Zach? Yeah, I think for – I'd honestly started the week before against the Giants. Obviously, you know, that's – everybody remembers that as Hassan's, you know, breakout performance and everything like that. But across the whole defensive line, we were playing really well. And, um, you know, going through the film, I was watching with Buck, and we're looking, it's like, I'm in the right spot. You know, it's just, you know, I could just do a little bit extra to make that play. So that whole week we were just working on, you know, doing like that extra half bit. And then that week, yeah, it just all clicked. And, um, yeah, it was a great day. And then luckily it kind of – built into a little bit of momentum for the rest of the season and you know definitely helped me in the off season you know kind of transitioning with confidence and everything like that knowing I can definitely play and play on a high level in this league so the goal this year is obviously to do even more than that and you've had quite the off season we'll get into that Zach Allen is our guest here on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert how you feeling by the way you know I didn't even have a chance to say welcome welcome into the show and uh, how you feeling as we're done with camp one of those unofficial holidays, right, for, for any football player. You're, you're done with camp, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> and then, what, what is the best and worst thing about training camp for you? Um, I don't know. I mean, camp's great because it just allows you just to focus 100% on, you know, on football, what you're doing. And then the momentum that you get from it is, is incredible. And just, you know, you're, just, you're literally doing football 24-7. So, you know, I think, you know, for a lot of guys, I, I find it, you know, especially helpful and, you know, you enjoy it. Um, but again, I mean, you know, you're in camp for five weeks, so, you know, you miss your family, stuff like that. Just, you know, going out and getting a bite to eat or whatever or something like that. But um, no, I think this year was easily, you know, the best camp that, you know, I think that we've had since I've been here. Just the energy, just the competitiveness, the fire, just it was just a different, you know, just you definitely could tell there's just a different energy, especially, you know, the new guys we brought in. So, um it was a lot of fun, and um, you know, I think we're definitely going to build off the mo- that momentum into week one. You miss your dog? Didn't you get recently get a dog? Yeah, I got my dog. I definitely, my girlfriend was sending me the uh, videos every single day. <laughs> there and, you go. Yeah, every time I leave the house now, I think he, he doesn't know if I'm coming back for, you know, a in a couple hours or in, you know, for five, five weeks. So, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Zach Allen is a guest in the Big Red Rage. Okay, two words here. Hot yoga. 
tell us about <laughs> tell us about your off season. Yeah. So <laughs> no, the off season it honestly went as well as it could have, which was great. Um, by the way, can I just say it was uncalled for that you actually put on muscle mass and you got bigger while also losing 6% body fat. That, that's almost uncalled for. While everybody else was putting on the COVID-19, uh, you were actually getting in better shape. So how, how did you achieve that? Well, this year I was just, it was, I was just so excited because you know, everything was open again, basically. So it wasn't like you know, the, the before last season where everything was closed. You know, you're trying to, it's a guessing game every single day of what, where you're going to work out or what you're going to be able to get done this year there's a lot more structure which you know was great and then also I mean we missed the playoffs so there definitely was a chip on everybody's shoulder but then also for our young defensive line you know we kind of started to figure out a little bit towards the end so we just wanted to build off of that right away so we got right into it um you know I think we took two days off whatever and then there was just a strong group of four with uh Michael Dogby, Lecky Foto, Richard Lawrence and I and then we just hit the ground running, um, you know, and like I've, I've said it before, you know, eight to 10 hour days, come in here, work out four hours, lunch break, watch film, and then yeah, hot yoga at night or another workout or whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, the hot yoga was great. Um, but okay, yeah. now I know it doesn't come as a shocker to you, Paulie Pencilneck here. I have no clue really what <laughs> hot yoga is. Break it down for us. Yeah. So, um, I mean, obviously it's basically what it sounds like. You're just doing yoga and you're doing it in basically like a sauna room. It, gets up to you know about like 110 um is that just outside in an arizona summer yeah exactly that's what that's what the joke was is you know once the summer started happening we're like okay we could just do this outside it's a lot easier (laughs) you know probably be honestly cooler outside you know so um but it's uh yeah it was it was fantastic um didn't didn't the instructor say something about you and uh, you got a bunch of guys six four six six two eighty three hundred pounds and um you guys sweated a lot, didn't she make that comment? Yeah, yeah, she definitely like you learned the first time we went in, we all went in with just like a shirt and short whatever it was, and then you realize like, oh, we're gonna need a, a few more. And then it was funny, our teacher, whenever she saw us come in, she'd be like, oh, but I have to go get more towels. We're just like in front of everybody <laughs> oh, too. So, you know, it just it didn't help help confidence. But uh, once you're in it, I feel like you know everybody's sweating. Luckily, we all were around each other, so when we did, you know have to sweat we sweat on each other it wasn't there was a couple times where it'd be like this like poor old woman i'm just just drenched in sweat on i'm like i'm so sorry but um yeah i can't control it i don't know i'm working hard i you know so what what's it like being an extra large human being when you walk around how often you know it's, they list you at 65 285 especially it's such a sight when you get off the cardinals team bus you'll walk into a road hotel and if all the o linemen are walking together or all the d linemen are walking together just the looks on people's faces and the wake you guys leave behind how often do you hear murmurs like oh geez, that's a big dude you get that a lot yeah i mean obviously you know like booking flights and stuff is a pain in the butt because you know there's only like three seats on the entire flight that you know i could fit in or anything like that but uh <laughs> but yeah. no it definitely um I don't know I mean it's kind of now that I'm in the NFL I feel like I spent all my days here basically so I mean I'm hanging around guys like JJ Lecky I mean you know I'm average maybe even below average in size compared to them so um yeah when definitely whenever I like I leave my house and go like grocery shopping or something then it's kind of like oh yeah it's not normal that just everybody you're around all day is six five plus you know so all right, you yeah. dropped the name. Zach Allen, our guest here on the Big Red Rage. J.J. Watt, what's it been like, especially since, tell the backstory, you've been watching his game film since what point in your career? Yeah, I started my uh, junior, well, obviously I've been watching him his whole career, but uh, specifically like my junior year of, uh, of college before like every single 
every before every single game. So we would play on Saturdays. That Friday, I would watch his previous week's uh, game film. Um, I don't know. I just you know I guess it's kind of like one of those things where like you, you see it and then it kind of helps you 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 do it. So there'd be times in games where I was doing stuff like, and I was like, I've never done that in practice, but you know, I must have saw it the day before. So, um, and he's obviously, you know, the best to learn from at the position. So, um, it's been like it, it couldn't have been better having him here. Just the way he conducts himself, the way he teaches, just his attitude, the way he really just, you know, helps the culture in the locker room, everything like that. So, I mean, it's been a blessing and beyond having him here. I really am truly. Um, truly excited and still there's times where you know i'm just casually like talking to my parents or somebody like yeah like you know i, I can't i gotta i gotta hang up i'm going out you know to dinner with the guys you know with jj and i'm like you know, and they're like what you're going to you know it's the whole thing i'm just like <laughs> right. yeah no he's just one he really is yeah. just one of the guys which is which has been awesome well and you're not the only one a number of other defensive linemen said there was a moment especially initially they were a little awestruck a little starstruck didn't you guys have a dinner didn't didn't he go out and take you guys out to dinner early on yeah when we i think what was it? So he signed in around like March or something like that. So I think like April or whatever he was, you know, house hunting or whatever he was doing. He uh, he invited, um, the, you know, us four young guys out. And, uh, you know, I was I'm going to get there early. You know, I'm going to be, you know, I'm dressed up. He comes in just off the golf course, sweaty, got, you know, just T-shirt and shorts on. I'm like, oh, OK, like, you know, now now he's going to think I'm a nerd or whatever it is. But, yeah, no, he was awesome, too, because, you know, just everything clicked, all of us, you know. So it really has been like a seamless transition um, having him here, and, you know, it's been it's been terrific. All right, so, uh, Zach Allen, give us your thoughts. What can Cardinals fans expect when they see 99 out on that field, part of that front seven? Because, you know what, he obviously didn't play in the preseason games. He wasn't out there during open practices. How much of an impact do you think he's going to make? Oh, it's going to be huge. I mean, I, he really, you know... He, the way he just plays the game is just it's perfect you know it's what the ideal football player just the you know his effort everything like that is just knowledge of the game and you know I know people want to say oh it's he's older whatever I mean it's it's if that's what old looks like then I don't even want to I couldn't imagine seeing what he was like when he was you know three-time defense player of the year because it honestly looks at the similar level I mean I've been watching a while so um, I'm definitely super excited to see it um, week one you know uh, Zach Allen is our guest here on the Big Red Rage. It's all about you, presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. So here's my thought. Week one, every week, as long as this Cardinals defense stays healthy, Ryan Tannehill comes up to the line of scrimmage. He's got 99 here. He's got 55 there, right? Isaiah Simmons maybe is on the edge. Okay, is he coming? Wait, there's Buda Baker flashing. Uh, Zayvon Collins might be mugging the A-gap. Uh, you guys are, have this whole D-line rotation. Guys are fresh. You guys go at least six, seven deep right now. There's a lot for a quarterback to consider in that front seven, isn't there? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's definitely you know a credit to the to the front office. I mean, they've brought in great guys, not just great football players, but guys that have a great you know mindset and mentality about you know how to how to how to practice and how to play. And you definitely just can tell there's this year there's just a different sense of urgency and accountability. I think guys are definitely not afraid to hold guys accountable. It's you know we have you know Super Bowl or bust hopes so. For us, it's you know if you're not going to help it, you're going to get called out, and it's been fantastic. So, um, and we saw that in Cardinals camp, didn't we? If a guy made a pre-snap penalty, boom, yeah. he's out of the drill. Yeah, there's definitely a. The practices have been a lot more intense, a lot more competitive, which has been awesome. And then also just the sense of urgency and just the strictness with mistake. I mean, we just you know that we have such a goal, and we didn't even have a really an OTAs. So for us, just 
we're just down to business, which is the way that you know any player should want it. And I think we got a bunch of guys who like that. So everybody I just named is proven. And then you have a first-round rookie middle linebacker. And I asked Cliff Kingsbury on the TV side before the first preseason game, just tell us the degree of difficulty of that challenge. You're a rookie middle linebacker, and you've been given the keys to the defense. You have to worry about your own performance, obviously, and then call the defense. And he said it's a notch behind being a rookie quarterback. Mm -hmm. So what has it been like for Zayvon Collins? And how much respect do you have for a guy who's faced with that sort of challenge from day one? Yeah, I mean, when you hear it, like... the way you described it's perfect because you know when you hear it it's like wow that that's a lot especially for a young guy and like you know coming from college and you know everything like that but I mean he's handled himself as professional as anyone could have so it's been terrific and you know he's got a lot of great people in that linebacker room that have been helping him learn and um you know it's been it's it's really cool to see just the maturation process with him already and it's only been a camp you know just how much he's learned already and how much information he can process and then obviously the physical tools take over then. So um, it's just really exciting to see what he's going to do. For those of us who haven't been in an NFL defensive huddle, what does that position mean to a defense? Just the ability to call it, and then once you guys break the huddle, make those adjustments. Obviously, Jordan Hicks has been that guy. He'll still be that guy at times Mm -hmm. this year, but just tell us about that role. Yeah, I mean, it obviously, you know, it's you're basically the quarterback of the defense, so you're in charge of everything. But at the same time, I mean, you have to go, you know, get into a car accident basically that same play it's not like quarterback where you just drop back and you know throw it so it's just as mental so he's uh he's been handling it really well and obviously like I said I mean he's just a a physical freak an athletic you know so all right so as we wrap it up with Zach Allen you mentioned car accident I say the words Derek Henry what do you think of uh you know big back but you know I don't think anybody in this you know I'm two six five two eighty five I'm the smallest defensive lineman so um, obviously, you know, have a lot of respect for him and what he's done, but, you know, I'm very confident in what we can do. So, What do you know about this defense so far? Real quick, last question. What, what have you found out about this defense so far that we might see in week one? I think everyone's going to love the intensity that they're going to see and just the urgency and just guys flying around and just smacking people. Did you really lose 6% body fat, by I the did. way? I you got did. The, I got the papers for it. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Well, when you're done playing, you should put out some sort of body by Zach, you know, video. You know, you can make, you know what I mean? How, I, don't, I don't know. I think JJ's got to do that first. But. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's good. Okay. And you ordered anything you wanted, right? When you went out to dinner with JJ? Oh, yeah. Was that, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. 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 We, we, we got a story for that next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, thanks for the time, man. Yeah, thank you very much. Okay. All the very best this coming season. Think about that. Zach Allen and company, that front seven is absolutely loaded for the Arizona Cardinals. We continue with the Big Red Rage presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert right after this. Murray in shotgun, has the football, short set, throws a deep ball. Left side, single coverage, and it is pulled in by DeAndre Hopkins, and he's got a touchdown. What a throw by Kyler Murray. And what a catch by Nuke to put the Cardinals on the board with 2.39 to go in the first. Nuke was one-on-one. Great throw by Kyler Murray, but an even better read. Touchdown. We said it's going to be Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray. Whoever plays better, that's who's going to win this game. Snaps to Murray, and he keeps it himself, running left. Got a defender with him at the five. Breaks a tackle, dives, ball comes out, but he crossed the plane. Touchdown. Kyler Murray somehow, someway, 
found a way to get that pig across Pater. Big time play, Kyler Murray. Yeah, that was the win against Seattle in overtime week seven a year ago where the Cardinals trail 10-0, 27-14, 34-24. Kyler ends up your NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Had a passer rating of 104.5. And it was interesting, Ron Wolfley, here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, to get the first comments out of Mike Vrabel about the quarterback they'll be going against week one next weekend, next Sunday the 12th, in Tennessee. And I'm quoting Vrabel on the Cardinals. Quote, they have a dynamic quarterback that can go 80 yards. I saw a third down and 17, and he scrambles for a first down. He, he went 70 yards or something like that against Carolina. He pulls it in the red zones, 20-yard touchdowns. He slides. He makes you miss. He has a strong arm. I think that was the thing that shocked me the most was how strong his arm is. He is very willing to throw outward breaking routes across the field. End quote. Yesterday, Mike Vrabel on Kyler. He's talking about the offensive rookie of the year in his first year, and he's talking about a pro bowler, along with Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Would you say, Paulie, those are pretty good quarterbacks in the NFC? That is good company to keep. How about that? And Kyler Murray is one of those guys right there. Kyler Murray has every skill you could possibly want, and it's not about the height anymore. Nobody's talking about the fact that he's 5'10", and in eighth, Paul, nobody He's talking about that anymore because of how this kid has played in this offense. Do I be, do I believe that this offense needs to expand? Yes, I, I think it's a must that they expand this offense and evolve this offense. But Kyler Murray is their quarterback. He's got everything you could possibly want as a cue. It's interesting. If Vrabel was watching film from last year, guess what, Coach? The quarterback's arm is even stronger according to Buda Baker and Christian Kirk. He has more zip, more velocity on the football as of this Cardinals camp. Christian Kirk also shared with the media the other day, I think you're going to like the sounds of this, when Christian Kirk said that Kyler has been sending some of the receivers video clips and, and, and telling the receivers, you know what, I think we should do it this way, or maybe you might want to make an adjustment here. And that seems to be an indicator, an illustration of some increased leadership from the starting quarterback, no? No, Paulie, no, there's no doubt about that right there. That is good. That's what you want to hear when you're going home, when you're leaving the facility. You're still thinking about this stuff. You're still watching this stuff. This is what franchise quarterbacks have got to do. They've got to become the face of the franchise. They've got to become the answer man for everything. They have to become a coach on the field and off the field as well. So hopefully this is what's happening with Kyler Murray in his development right now. It's a positive sign. So Brian Greasy and the Monday Night Football crew, they were in town. They watched a practice. They called the game. And Brian Greasy and uh, Steve Levy, the play-by-play man, they were on the Dave Pash podcast. But Brian Greasy, having spent more than a decade in the NFL as a quarterback himself, was asked by Dave, all right, what's the next step for Kyler in year three? We know he's athletic. He can throw the football. He can run. It's getting to the playoffs. It's being able to grind through adversity. It's being able to be detail-oriented and lead now that Larry Fitzgerald is gone. He has to run with it and be the leader on this team when the time is tough, not just when things are going well, but when there's adversity, which is the thing he hasn't faced in his life in high school or college. He's now facing it now. And they definitely faced it over the last two months of last season. And my big takeaway going into this season, okay, what did this Arizona Cardinals team learn based on the 2-5 and five finish? 
You heard Zach Allen moments mm-hmm. ago here on the Big Red Rage. I asked him about camp this year versus his first couple of years, and he said, and I'm quoting loosely, this has been by far our best camp. We've had more fire. We've had more urgency. There's a different energy level out of there. The practices have been a lot more intense. Coaches have been holding the players more accountable. And that has to connect and correlate to the end of last season where even Kyler admitted during Cardinals camp in a media session that, yeah, maybe some of the attention to detail waned a little bit when we were 6-3. and three. All those little things contribute to a 2-5 and five finish because as we know in the NFL historically, the margin of victory is so small. Those little things matter in a big way. You know what, Polly? It's so interesting to hear you say that because you're right. Kyler Murray did point to the fact maybe we were feeling ourselves after being six and three. I would wind it back and say maybe that happened after you were two and zero oh in this season after beating San Francisco on the road. That yeah. was kind of a huge win right there for the Arizona Cardinals, and then coming home and taking care of business against Washington in Week Two, and then losing to Detroit and Carolina and being two and two as opposed to three and one or even 4-0 at that point. You have to wonder if they started to kind of feel themselves at that point as well. Listen, what I love about what Kyler said is you have to be willing to identify what it is that confronts you. If you ever hope to get over the top of it, if you ever hope to beat it, you have to be able to identify it and confront it. And that's exactly what they're doing by admitting maybe we were feeling ourselves when we were 6-3. and three. That's an opportunity to learn and not let it happen again. Right, so he got the three series against the Chiefs in preseason game number two. Uh, Everybody now, they went three and out all three times, negative one, total yards, we get it. And even if he would have played in in another game, what do you prove going against the team's backups and number threes? At least that's my take on that one. So you're going to get tested a lot more in practice than you are ever in these preseason games where you're only seeing vanilla schemes, etc. And with that in mind, Kyler was asked by the media, all right, what's your goal between the end of camp and week one for the offense? For us as an offense, I think just keep going hard throughout practice. Uh, every every day, treat it like a game. You know, that's what we've done this far. Uh, you know, I think we've had a pretty pretty solid camp. Um, so I'm excited to get this going, you know, real st- season starting, um, and then actually meaning something. How does Kyler get better? In his third year for you, Wolf, you mentioned he was rookie of the year. He was a pro bowler, but there's always room for improvement. Where? How? I I think in his preparation for a game, I think in his game management as well. And when I say that, I'm talking about how he sends out the signals to his teammates as well. You can't you can't walk off the field and suddenly sit on the bench by yourself. Now, again, it's not like he does that all the time. That's not what I'm saying. But we have seen him do that from time to time. As the franchise quarterback, you've got to be willing to communicate. You have to communicate to your offense. You have to communicate, really, to everybody on the team. Sometimes it's verbal, and sometimes it isn't, Bully. Sometimes it's body language. True. And that's got to be something that I think Kyler Murray needs to understand, and that's part of the process of evolving as a leader. And guess what? He has a lot more help this year, whether it's A.J. Green or whether it's Rondale Moore. 
whether it's a healthy Christian Kirk. You had a receiver in DeAndre Hopkins who had 34% of the receiving yards last year. That was the most among any receiver on any team. You have a James Conner, another weapon. Think about the Cardinals' options now in the red zone, whether it's 233-pound James Conner or Rondale Moore, six foot four A.J. Green. And as Brian Greasy pointed out, I was listening to the Pod, how valuable Rodney Hudson is taking a lot of that responsibility off Kyler's plate and setting the production. There's no doubt about it, Paulie. What you said right there, too, I love the the combination of wide receivers the Arizona Cardinals can run onto the field. Different personnel groups with di- not just four wides, but what four yeah. wides All are going to be out there? in their own Paul. way, are All they not? All unique, Paulie, you stop and think about it. You could actually have DeAndre Hopkins on the field with A.J. Green on the field and a 4-2-9 and a 4-3-1. <laughs> I'm just saying, Andy Isabella is a four-three-one, and suddenly you've got Rondale Moore at four-two-nine on on the field with those two wide receivers that we know are proven commodities in the National Football. I'm just saying, how are you going to mix that up? Christian Kirk obviously is going to work into the mix as well, but you could actually put a four-two-nine and a four-three-one on the field. With those receivers, interesting, Paul. And for everyone who's wondering why Andy Isabella made this team, he referenced it, that he made a couple of plays that last week of camp in practice that were stellar. Now, they can't show them to you. It's a close practice. But he earned a spot based on two huge catches in traffic, Wolf, Andy Isabella. Here's the other thing. When it comes to Rondale Moore, twice I had conversations with veteran players, and we all know players, no players. And on their own, of their own accord, they stopped what they were saying, and they pointed to Rondell Moore, and they said, that kid's going to be good. One guy said, that kid's only scratching the surface. So very intrigued to see. And you can't tell me Cliff Kingsbury didn't put a couple of those jet sweeps and end-arounds on film in Game 1 against Dallas with Rondell Moore. That was by design. We'll see if that is a part of the offense week one. Let him go vertical. (laughs) We continue with the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Stafford takes the shotgun snap. Three-step drop. Looks right in trouble. And he sacked back at the 20-yard line. Dragged down by Jordan Phillips. How about that? The big man. Jordan Phillips, 6'6", 345 pounds. Grab Matthew Stafford and basically put him into the crockpot belly button. Great job by Jordan Phillips on nothing but a bull rush. Well, unfortunately, Cardinals have not seen a lot of Jordan Phillips in the month of August, and you're not going to see him for basically the first three weeks of September. News earlier today, he was placed on injured reserve with an undisclosed injury, Jordan Phillips. And so he was on the COVID list, Justin Pugh coming off that COVID list and has been activated. But Jordan Phillips on IR, so Wolf, after they set the 53, which means he is eligible to come back, but that's after three weeks which would mean the first three games of the season ostensibly. And so no Jordan Phillips, which I guess is the reason, among others, they kept seven defensive yeah, linemen. That's a good point right there, Paulie, because, again, when I looked at it, especially in this day and age of nickel defenses and using two defensive linemen in those nickel defenses, man, there it is right there. Maybe they had an idea what was happening there with Jordan Phillips, but it's too bad. That guy, um, once again, when uh, Steve Kime and the Arizona Cardinals went out and got him and brought him in as a free agent, I was pretty jacked up about it. He just hasn't been able to get on the field and stay on the field. 
And you're talking about a Titans team with a top five offense a year ago. They were fourth in scoring at nearly 31 points a game. They trailed only Kansas City in yards per game, almost 400 yards per game. Since 2019, the Titans lead the NFL in touchdowns, plays of 50-plus yards, red zone TD percentage, and rushing touchdowns. Do you think that's going to get better with Julio Jones added to that, Paul? (laughs) So they're the latest. In fact, in Tennessee, they're talking about what Julio Jones can do for their offense is what Stephon Diggs did for Josh Allen (laughs) and the Buffalo Bills. So think about that. I've heard some of the analysts in the offseason, this could be a historically great offense, one of the all-time juggernauts. I mean, that's the sort of talk it's getting from the ESPN Talking Heads and NFL Network. Wolf, if we're talking about remaining questions for this Cardinals team, do we not start with the rookie middle linebacker (laughs) who's got to make all the calls and be the epicenter of the Cardinals' defense against this sort of offense. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons, those two guys, I cannot separate them. I really can't. Those two guys, even though I think Jordan Hicks is going to play a lot. I think Jordan Hicks and Zayvon Collins, we're going to see a lot of them on the inside, and Isaiah Simmons move to the outside. But those two young guys, I cannot get over it. I really think they're going to be the key to the Arizona Cardinals defense going forward. That means they've got to play well and they got to hang in there early because they're going to take their lumps. There's no doubt about that. But I think by the end of the year, it really is going to be paying dividends for the Arizona Cardinals and that defense. But early on, man, it could get ugly, Paul, especially when you're talking about those first two weeks against the Tennessee Titans and the Minnesota Vikings and how they play offensive football. They attack the line of scrimmage. They attack the line of scrimmage. They attack, And then all of a sudden, here comes the play action throwing the ball over the middle of the field, and those two young bucks are going to be right in the middle of that. And I'm with you. I feel a lot better when Jordan Hicks is out on that field. He's, there's, he's sort of that insurance policy, and he's seen it and been there and done that. So, okay. As for other questions out there, I know there are a lot of guys in prove-it years, whether it's the end of the contract, whether it's a one-year deal, guys like Christian Kirk, for example. And you heard Zach Allen talk about it. This extra sense of intensity or urgency and fire in Cardinals camp and whether that's going to carry over into the regular season while Christian Kirk was talking about his new mentality. There's definitely an extra edge. I have an extra edge to myself and I always, you know, pride myself on my preparation, my recovery, but, you know, I've, I've taken it to the next level and, um, you know, I'm doing everything in my power to, to make sure, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm at my best this year. So, yeah, I'm, uh, there's, there's definitely a, a different mentality for myself. And the challenge for him to stay productive on a consistent basis. We've seen it in spurts and waves, and then we've also seen some stretches where he just hasn't been much of a factor. That's Christian Kirk. What else stands out to you, Wolf? Other questions yeah, Paul, as you get ready to kick off the regular season? It was season. just some of the anomalies of the 53 that I saw, right? Some of the things that stood out, like eight offensive linemen. Well, if that was because Justin Pugh, of course, was going to be coming sure. off the COVID list. Something they actually did, as a matter of fact. I think they made that announcement. They did. That's um, official. And they did have one roster spot available that's when they right. said it. So. so now all of a sudden you've got nine offensive linemen that you kept on the roster as opposed to eight, but that really stood out to me. Six wide receivers where one of them is not Keyshawn Johnson, uh, where six wide receivers where Andy Isabella, of course, made the team and Antoine Wesley 
made the team as well. That was really interesting to me. And three tight ends being capped. I was actually encouraged by the fact they kept three tight ends. And the reason being is because that means here comes 12 personnel, I would imagine, to some degree. One back, two tight ends, and two wide receivers. That's something that in 2019 they used an awful lot of and actually used it very effectively in the second half of the season. And I think that is going to portend uh, a little bit more this season of 12 personnel, and I think that's good, especially if you take a cue and you put them under center. I was semi-surprised to see three quarterbacks on the final 53. Now, Why is that, Paulie? Well, Cliff had hinted heavily that Strebler had a really good chance, but when you lost the Saints game, which Strebler was going to play all four quarters, I thought that was a, play, a chance to really solidify his case for the roster, A, and B, you know, Cole McCoy's the backup. And not a lot of teams in the NFL are keeping a coveted roster spot for that third quarter. And how many teams would have come after Chris Strebler? Could he have got him to the practice squad? But because of COVID considerations, and you don't want to be caught short on a game day where you're minus a quarterback, and because he's much closer to a Kyler skill set than obviously a Colt McCoy is, you have those running aspects, boom, he's on the final 53. Yeah, um, I'm wondering, though, is it going to be a situation where he dresses Chris Strebler, right? <laughs> like last year, of course. Pauly. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But if you all of a sudden have a positive COVID test on a Saturday or a game day, you would have the option for the extra quarterback, as opposed to if he wasn't on the practice squad, there are some sort of roster gymnastics you have to execute. At least that's according to Darren Urban. We were doing Cardinals underground. It's not so easy. And then all of a sudden you're the Denver Broncos and your entire quarterback room is wiped out and you're starting a former college quarterback who's a receiver. So you, that's one of the reasons but otherwise, you know, it's something that Cliff Kingsbury yeah. likes, that aspect of having that guy on the roster. And the last thing I'll say about this is four running backs. They kept four running backs on the roster. Eno Benjamin. Eno Benjamin, I thought he had made the team. He had a great preseason. And Jonathan Ward, those two extra running backs right there. I love it. One of our favorite guys is Chase Edmonds. But can he be an every down back? That is another big question out there. Special thanks to Zach Allen. Obviously, special thanks, Jim Almondra and Cody Fincher for Ron Wolfley on Paul Calvisi. This has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Number one, Kyler Murray! You've been listening to the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.